Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Our guest this episode is William Hall. William is a communications consultant and instructional designer. He taught at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and his roots are in improv and he's founded one of the largest improvisational theaters in America, BATS Improv Theater and Training Center in San Francisco. He continues to perform at BATS and teach at BATS and his book of improv games remains a must have book for performers and teachers around the world. It gives me a great pleasure to have William Hall on the podcast. Welcome, William. Anders, what are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. You're an improv guy. Uh, yeah. I was gonna mention we did have Richard Label uh, on the podcast before, and um, we we referred to you as the professor, and <laughs> I will like I and I I've said this to you before. Every time we talk. I learned something, right? And it's just, so I'm happy to have you here because I just know this will lead in interesting routes and, and we're going to touch on all kinds of fun stuff. Let's, let's do that. It's, uh, it's a curious life and it's fun to have permission to look at it and be curious about the way human beings interact with each other and why we do the things we do. It's fascinating. I, I think so. And I, and I think our listeners think so too, if they're listening to this kind of uh, podcast. So um, let me, let me kind of just dig in first and, and kind of get into what you do and your background and that sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, I, I said a communications consultant in, in the intro uh, and an instructional designer. What can we talk about? What, what does that really mean? And what, how do you help people when you're consulting in communications? Cause and, and people who know about NLP communication, itself as a nominalization, it doesn't really mean a lot. So like, let's dig in, what does that really mean? Um, and, and how do you help uh, companies and people? Yeah, let me, let me put it this way. Let me start by saying, I got turned on to theater in high school and it was a way of sort of looking at human dynamics and the way people interact with each other. And being awkward in high school, it was also a way to rehearse what you were gonna say. So you took all the sort of the fear out of the interaction mm -hmm. because in place, everything's written down. You know what the interaction is and you rehearse it. So it goes well. And that was really attractive to me. And as I started getting into theater and started understanding the place that theater has in the literature and influence on the world, I started seeing that the, the domain of theater is the human dynamic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's different than, than business. It's different than everything else. It's about the way we work and the way we, the, the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about our role in the world. And so when I got out into the world and started my own theater company in San Francisco, and we started writing and producing our own plays, and one of the things that made us popular is because we were we were we were sort of punching in in a comic way into the dynamics of the way people work, which turns out to be a perfect platform upon which to build a consultancy of leadership communications so many so many people want to influence others want to have impact with others mm -hmm. but 
but rarely are we taught that. You know, we're not, in school, it, 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 sh it probably should be required that we learn how to have communications, how we learn to have, have conversations. I mean, we should teach it at, like we teach science, uh, how to have good conversations, but, but we're not. So I, I found out that the, the world of business, you don't, you don't have a business unless you can stand up in front of others and communicate in a way that inspires them. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can't do that, what, <laughs> I don't know, I suppose you could go buy a pair of work gloves and see who's hiring, but it's, it's, it's really about showing who you are and being authentic mm -hmm. and also standing up with a purpose to engage and to imp create impact and influence. And once we start looking at that, then, then the, the whole world starts to open up about right. this range of human dynamics. The class that I worked on at Stanford Graduate School of Business was called um, Acting with Power. And we mm -hmm. talked about the power dynamics that are in business and how we sort of can leverage the power dynamics to, to help us engage in a way that reveals our authenticity and we can have a better conversation. Wow. I mean... <laughs> I have a lot of questions going on in my mind, and I almost need to make notes as you kind of, you know, talked about all that. But the most recent thing you said was authenticity. And I mean, you see that on LinkedIn, you see that everywhere people are trying to tap into their authentic selves in the workplace, you know, and still remain professional, right? Like this kind of, you know, that, that, that space there that, I think sometimes we have them as opposing poles somewhere in our minds a little bit, like we're buttoned up too much or, or something and we're not being ourselves. Can you kind of speak to that? Like how you find, you know, and help leaders find that authentic self that is going to, you know, positively impact the workplace, the business, et cetera. Yeah. I'll, I'll speak a little bit to it, but, but I, it's, it's a hot topic for mm -hmm. us and it's a triggering topic. You know, they say, what do they, what do they say? It's, it's hard to define pornography, but I know it if I see it. Yeah. It's like a hard to define authenticity, but I know it if I see it. Or if I feel it almost, yeah. right? Like there's, yeah. Well, first of all, I'll start with a story that's maybe tangential, but I think related. Okay. When we were, when we were started the improv theater company, Bats Improv in San Francisco, we, we started attracting the attention of Silicon Valley. And I think it's because San Francisco was filled with a lot of young people who came out to build something new. Mm -hmm. And improv was, was a fun world. And we do improvisational theater. We do it in a theater, not in a club. So it's not an alcohol-based environment. It's a theater-based environment. So we're interested in narrative and long form. But so the, the people from Silicon Valley started coming and saying, wait a minute, you put people on a stage that don't have a plan don't have a hierarchy and you expect them to create a product that's valuable that people will pay for to watch. Tell, yeah. tell us how you do that. Yeah. Tell us how you put teams together so quickly and that mm -hmm. they operate well. What is the operating system? What's the, what's the OS for that? Teach us that. Right. Yeah. The tech, you know, focused Silicon Valley, of course they want to analyze that and, yeah. and make comparisons. Yeah. That's where we started to find there's a real value to going into the corporate world and saying, how do we show up in these environments, to your point, in an authentic way 
-hmm. in a way that feels authentic and appears authentic where you are revealing yourself and 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 work well with others to build something i will say uh i i think the word authentic is often a a, a weird kind of weapon that we use to justify a bad behavior <laughs> right and this is yeah this is what i was kind of getting at is you know yeah the i when i'm when i'm teaching leadership communications and training we talk about things like uh, the delivery method, how, how messages are delivered. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll talk about the concept of congruency. If the message matches the body language and the vocal tone and the kind of energy you're giving off, then there's a kind of congruency. And if we have congruency, we, we read that and we label that authentic. When we get incongruency, that's when the mind kind of goes, oh, there's, there's some dissidence here. Something's off. Yeah. Right. It's just not quite right. So I, I worked in a program with the San Francisco Police Department for about six years, helping to train police officers how to be detectives. And one of the areas that I worked with them was on body language and facial expressions. And we talk, I, they said, we just need them to talk. And I said, well, they are talking to you. Just look at their bodies, look at their bodies, look at their faces and start noticing what's happening. And I said this in a very simplistic way, but I think you're, you're, you will resonate with it and the audience will resonate with it. I said, if you remember nothing else about it, it's like this. When someone is telling the truth, it's like they're wearing clothing that's comfortable to them and it fits comfortably. But if they're not telling the truth or if there's something else going on, it might not be the truth, but something else is going on. Suddenly everything is, doesn't fit right and becomes a little bit itchy and their body, you can see them sort of tugging and pulling at themselves touching their neck and stuff. And so it's like, well, what's going on? There's something, and, and as an audience will read that as inauthentic. Something's not real there. Right. Something, yeah, something's off. I, I, I sometimes do different, something similar in one of my performances, you know, where you're kind of reading people or, or the appearance of. And yes. it's like, I talk about when you, we all, if, if you have kids, you know when your kids are lying to you right? because they're being weird. They're not being their normal selves, right? And that's um, similar, but again, with, you know, adults and, and, and different people that it's there. So, the, the uh, you know, with, with in terms of culture and companies and how you're kind of working with them, there is a trend you're seeing of people wanting to embrace more of a, a culture where people are more accepting, of course, um, for authenticity. And so are you seeing like a greater uptake of people wanting to delve into this kind of work more so? Delve into what work? Into, I, I guess, just authentic communications and getting to the, the root of that thing, of, of not that thing. Here I am getting with my, my gizmo and thingamajig words we were talking about before we started recording, but. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's take a look at the other side of authentic. Sure. Just, just for a second. So we looked at it from a kind of business perspective of the listener. And if, and if the words match whatever, everything else that's going on, I, I register that as authentic or I, I see that as authentic. But there's this other side where I use the word authentic to justify my behavior. Look, I just crossed my arms. That's just authentic. It's the way I am. That's yeah. me. That's yeah. who I am. And, I'm going to own that, right? Like yeah, that. Kind of, yeah. I own that. You can't take that away from me because that's that's me. That's that's <laughs> yeah. me. That's my authentic yeah. self. Uh, 
and and the, and that that's where it gets a little dangerous because then we sort of go yes. well when you're communicating in, in a leadership capacity and you and I have talked about this so uh, mm-hmm. this will be no new idea for your for your listeners everything you do is for the listener it's all for them why because you're creating in you're trying to create influence or impact on them yes it's it's not about you. It's about them. So yeah. just the way that you would craft a paragraph to, to have the intent, you have to craft everything so, so that it, it matches that intent, yeah. that, that, that outcome, if you will, that purpose. Taking full responsibility of the message you're sending in hopes that the receiver receives it in the way that you want them to receive it, right? Like that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. What's the plan? I often talk, I had this, I was in Europe, I was working with a CEO just before a big talk. They called me and said, work with the CEO and 750 people are outside the auditorium should have been let in, but I, he's up on stage and he's going through his PowerPoint. And I said, okay, um, how can I help you? Which is often a great question because they have their own ideas. And I said, <laughs> uh, so he says, just help me go through the, through the, my presentation. And I said, okay. And he said, no, look over my shoulders. These are the, these are the slides I'm going to present. I said, before we even start, what's, what's the purpose? What's the outcome? Mm-hmm. What do you want to get done? And he looked at me and he said, I just want to get it done. And we both laughed because it was a joke. Yeah. And I said, okay, okay. But really, what, what, do you, what do you want to get done? What do you want to happen here? And he says, no, really, seriously, I just want to get it done. Yeah. And in those moments, I, I got to say some hard truth to the guy. And I said, you're getting paid too much money just to get it done. You're, yeah. you're not here to get it done. You're here to move something, to, mm-hmm. to inspire them, to get them in a place where they are committed or, or yeah. whatever influence you're trying to, trying to create. Yeah. So if you, that's that consulting, what you were doing there, you know, is that truth to power dynamic coming in as an outsider. It's so, so critical that in some ways you are an outsider because then you can say those things, right? The only like, ones that can say it, right? <laughs> that, that's why the, 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 the logo for my company for many years was the, was the jester. The jester mm-hmm. is the one who can say those things. Well, you know this from a deck of cards. The deck of cards are, the, the, the way they're dressed is set. It was set uh, in the 1900s, but in the 1900s, the queen of hearts always looks like the queen of hearts, always dressed the same way but not the jester, the joker. The joker gets to do whatever they want. They have freedom in that way. Uh, I, I have a collection of jokers, by the way, and I have about 6,000 different jokers. I've no had to, way. I've really? had to hold back on my collection. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've, got, I've got some back here. Oh, yeah. Oops. 6,000. I, yeah. I have no idea that there would be that many, but there, there's your point that they're you know, and yeah, the the Joker, the jester, had license to be. He was the fool. Yeah. He could say whatever he wanted because is he kidding or is he not? And is there truth and pain are part of comedy? So there is, you know, some truth in there, and you could kind of hold up the mirror to the court, right? Yeah. And the skill in that is to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, without getting <laughs> right, right. And Lose as consultants, the skill is to do that in a way that makes them want to hire you back. And, yeah. and, and share you with their friends. Right. To be able to educate someone maintaining rapport and consulting or teaching in these sensitive areas where 
you know, how people come off is such a personal thing. I mean, that's a real art and, and hats off for you to doing that because that's, I think that's uh, not an easy thing to do. Uh, well, maybe the, the best study it and it's the yeah. best study the videos they watch their own videos yeah. they do Feedback. it steve jobs did not become steve jobs that we see yeah. overnight he crafted that persona he yeah. he cre he created that appearance and he's it's fantastic so so let's talk about that let's talk about executive presence which may be a label we could put on that kind of idea or maybe you want to define that and let's kind of dig into that a little bit because i know you've done a lot of work uh, in that area with with, with executives, just like you're kind of talking about here. Well, executive presence is another one of those triggering words that it's, it's a catch-all for a lot of different sure. things. Well, how do you uh, define it? You, you, you tee yeah. it up for us. Well, well, if someone comes to me and they say executive presence as a consultant, and by the way, I, I recommend this to all of your clients, before you jump to any conclusions, say, say this phrase. Say a little bit more about that. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Say more. Exactly. How do you mean that. by that? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, exactly what do you mean by that? that? That almost has a little bit of a challenging, which could be appropriate depending, could be, on, the yeah. right, could be right, depending on the right person. But uh, instead of demonstrating our skill set and trying to get the job too fast, get them to keep talking, which is, which is one of the mm -hmm. key tools that we have. But, but presence, the first thing I'll say about presence is, is presence. Uh, and I would say that's being present, being mm -hmm. in the moment, being here now, right here. Uh, I think that's why mindfulness is so important nowadays or, or such, such a, still a, a, a topic. And the, the field of wellness, uh, it, it's about being here. IQ is all about being here, being in touch with what's going on for you. And I think that's a key component to presence. Are you here in this time and space? You and I were talking before, the, before we started recording about attention spans. Yeah. And my firm belief is that we still have great attention spans. If you've ever called your kid for dinner and they say, I'll be down in just a minute because they're playing their game, they just have to get through another level. And yeah. 45 minutes will go by and they, it's nothing to them. So it's, it's, there's not a question about attention span. There's yeah. just never been more competition for our attention. True. There's never been more attention. Yeah. So that way, the, the, the challenge to being present is to be in this present space with the people that you are with mm -hmm. and not sneaking away to do something else in your brain, to stay, stay present with it. And that's the first part. And, and that's so rare these days that I think what used to be ordinary is now extraordinary in the sense that people who are fully present and are with you, you almost feel like it's a get a little Dalai Lama kind of effect happening, you know, that, that people just aren't used to that these days. My consultant approach changed. My consultancy approach changed when I started thinking about silences. Mm -hmm. And someone pointed out that all religious leaders were comfortable with silence. And there's so much power in silence. Mm. And so when I, I do coaching, I do coaching with some CEOs and VPs and senior directors. When I'm on calls with them, I'm, I'm not afraid of the silence. We just let the silence sit there. Mm -hmm. it's, there's some beautiful things that happen in silence. That is 
the biggest thing I've noticed in this interview, you know, compared to other people I've interviewed, is that you are so thoughtful and so, you know, or or that you now for the people who are not watching, he there's a little bit of a, a laugh and a smile here from from William when I said that, but it's the it does have a grounding effect where you know you are rubbing off on me and if people listen to some of the other podcast episodes i'd be up here bah, 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 you know and you're i'm coming down to your speed and we're having you know a much more well i think present but it also just feels more important somehow too oh great that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> well so so that was the presence part of it and when people define you know executive presidents you want to get more out of them if if someone was kind of saying that they wanted to work on this that would be one of the things you do is get them very present right and that would, the other part yeah. of a presence if i can follow that through is that sure is that people often are talking about gravitas that they, mm. they want to, they want to increase their sense of a, their perception of authority, their perceived authority. They want to be perceived as more important. Like I want to, I want to want to work on my presence. Right. I want to work on my ability to stand up in a meeting and have people go, Oh, they're talking now. I better listen right. to her. And for that, we have to look at a whole range of different things. I, I will say this, you, the coaching and working with teams, we can look at the symptoms, but often we've got to look at what's underneath of that. Like what's happening, what's going on. Mm. And oftentimes when somebody has, is challenged to stand up in a meeting and, and speak their mind and speak with power, it's because they, they don't feel they should, or it's not their place, or there's some, there's some kind of limiter that's happening inside right. their own mind that keeps them from, from being in that place. Is, is that a belief? Is that a self-esteem thing? It could be a combination of things, or is, is that what you're kind of touching on there, William? I, yeah, I, sometimes I call it the stories. The, the stories we tell others uh, are the way that they treat, determine the way they treat us. But the way the stories we tell ourselves are the way that we show up in the world. Mm. Uh, there's some interesting work done by Byron Katie on this, and she calls it the work. And it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. It gets a little, I'm sorry, Anders, it can get a little California-ish there. <laughs> but, you, you know, I'll, I'll, work, I'll work with, uh, with people all over the world, and I'll say, so what are, what's the story you're telling yourself that's keeping you back from stepping into that role. Hmm. And when I work, walk around the room, work rather the room, the work around the world, often I'll say, sometimes you, you look up and everyone there has been to a fancy business school and you haven't. And so you automatically say, I don't belong in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't belong in that group because I don't have the same. Uh, or I don't speak the, I'm, I'm not a native language speaker, so I can't really contribute in that right. group. Or I'm a, my skin tone is not the same skin tone as everyone else or, or, or right. various different degrees of, 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 yeah. of these stories that we tell ourselves. 
that generally it's it's not that we gave ourselves this story. Somebody gave us that story, a teacher, a parent, society, advertisement, something has, has sort of reinforced this and sort of created this story in our head that we've adopted to generally to keep us safe. Yeah. And oftentimes it's a, you know, in some ways it's a solution to a problem that no longer exists. Like you had that coming up, but now we're, we're at this different level and we're in a different place. But the story persists. But the story persists. And so we have to, we have to say, you know, is, is that story still true? Or mm -hmm. is there any evidence that would suggest that by not going to a fancy business school, you have a voice that needs to be in that group? Is it, is it possible that that could be true? Different point of view, the, you know, the diverse ideas and perspectives and, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, I feel like some of that, that story that we tell ourselves really is kind of where that, you know, imposter syndrome can come from too, which is something that, again, you see on LinkedIn a lot more, at least people are talking about it because I think, I feel like everyone at some point in their life feels like an imposter, right? And, uh, and some people continue to feel that even with great success and it's, yeah, it's, it's struggle. Well, a lot of people. It, it, it maybe closer to something that you and I both care a lot about or have enjoyed is the, uh, the world of entertainment and psychic entertainment. And, you know, there's, there are these scripts of uh, astrological uh, sure. readings and, and fortune teller readings. And some of those scripts include things like to the outside world, you appear confident, but inside you have your doubts. <laughs> Speaking you to me. me. <laughs> yeah. So to, to your point, we all have imposter syndrome. We all find ourselves in such, certain situations going, how did I get here? What, why is this? Why is this yeah. happening? Yeah. I, I found myself speaking at the World Economic Forum many years ago and going, why did I get here? How am I in, in, in with this group of people? Uh, I found myself on stage with Bill Gates and said, how did I get on stage with Bill Gates? How did this happen? Uh, yeah, and, and some of the movie things I've done, where I, I'm suddenly finding myself acting with uh, Nicole Kidman or Robin Williams or Ashley Judd or Samuel yeah. Jackson. So how am I? What am I doing here? Right, right. And 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 how did you how did you cope with that? What's like? Did you find? I don't know, I don't want to call it a hack or anything, but like what what tools or what thoughts you know kept you the going word, through? The tips and hacks. Let me just yeah, say yeah. tips and hacks. This tips has to be hacks. quick, fast acting, William. People want right. to take away value. No, I'm, I, but, I'm not. But tips and hacks also that. is a is devaluing it. It's yes. Just, give me the quick fix. Give me the give me the yeah. thing. And you know, but, we could say I could say, look, the first hack is take some friggin' deep breaths. Mm. Put yourself back in your body. Yeah. And you go, well, yeah. What am I? What that doesn't come on, William. Give me a hack. Like, what's a real hack? Let me. Like that is that is the friggin' real hack. Yeah. That is that is the real hack. You take some deep breaths and put yourself back in your body. If you need more, you tell yourself, "Well, others have seen me and they they trusted that I could handle this moment." And you go, "Yeah, I can handle this moment because others have trusted me, and I have to show up for them." Yeah. So, and yeah, you do your job. <laughs> do your job. Do your job. job. You're work. right about the breath thing, William. Like that it is an under valued underappreciated thing how our breath can control our state right like how we come across how we come you know i i, I was doing a, a training at uh exhibitor live last week uh 
at the conference and I had a five o'clock slot where people started at eight in the morning going to sessions and I had a five o'clock slot. So it's like, I got everyone up and started having them do like an energizing breath just so that we could, I could have an awake crowd for the, for my session. Right. So we can, we can get more excited. We can settle ourselves down. There's lots of things we can do to be the person we need to be in the moment. And it can start with breath. Hey, from meditation to yoga, to martial arts, the, yeah. the breath is, is the grounding element. It's where you start. Mm-hmm. It's where it and, and, and part, part of my mind, here's a part of the story I'm telling myself in this moment is our listeners going, oh, they're going to go get Californian. As you were saying, we're going to go woo woo a little bit, but what I, I love, and that's why I bring people like you on the, on the podcast is this, you know, acting, theater, improv, performance background that meets business, right? Like that, that kind of conjoining of, of where those places meet. And I feel like a lot of people in sales, marketing, just business in general, don't really appreciate what artists go through to come across the way that they choose to, right? To show up the way that they want to and to realize we can go down that road a little bit and, and see it's, it's not maybe what you thought it was and how it can improve your results. Actors rehearse a play uh-huh. so well so that it looks fresh. You can't tell they've rehearsed it. If, if yeah. they're good actors, you can't tell. Uh, but the, again, to wrap it back to where we started, this domain is the human domain. This yeah. is the way humans interact with each other. And with the advent of AI, say what you want about AI. The human domain is something it hasn't figured out yet. So mm. that's still our domain. That's still our domain. Let's be human. Yeah. So what you're talking about, this, the arts, this, this exposes the human dynamic, how we feel. Music is, is a feeling. Like, let me tell everyone how I'm feeling. Mm. The uh, artwork, painted art. Let me sh- let me show. Let me put into a canvas emotions. Let me let me put it out there. So that's part of the human experience. We're not machines. We're not AI bots talking to each other. That's what, yeah. Sometimes I say this. Look, your data is not enough to move the chart. If it was, you could just send a PDF or take the order. Just take the order. Why show up? Yeah. But your message needs you to walk it into the room that needs you to show them your passion show them your confidence and that's you you mm-hmm. have to do that and there's no easy way around that so the theater is a way that we look at the self you know actor it's a weird thing about actors they have to look at themselves so it's all about you because you can't you can't pretend to be hamlet i mean you are acting but you've got to find that the truth in Hamlet so that mm. to be or not to be is a real question. I, I mean, so that people can connect to it. It's, it's interesting, you know, just coming around this because this is the thought that I've had with AI really hitting the headlines these days, you know, and, and the fact that knowledge itself is becoming less and less valuable. Like ever since the internet, it's been kind of like, you can go find out where whatever you want, whenever you want, or ask Alexa or whatever. My now my Alexa is lighting up over there. Uh, you can a- find those answers, but the power is in the communication of that knowledge, where you can then influence people. Yeah. And 
and I believe that, um, you know, it's been said that, the, the, you know, AI is going to take over everything that it, that it can. And the only thing we can do is be more, you know, lean into the human skills that it can't do. And this is yes. the crux of what yes. you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not date this podcast, but yeah, like that. hopefully that's, uh, hopefully we still have a role here. How can people get a hold of you? And if they want to reach out, what's the best place to, to LinkedIn. Find, find me on LinkedIn. Okay. And, and, and by the way, Andrews, take a look at some of the recommendations I've gotten on LinkedIn. Okay. They're, I've got, they're fun. They're fun. I started asking a couple of years ago, I, I read an article that said, yeah, ask people to give you recommendations. And I started asking people I worked with to give me some recommendations. And I'm blessed to have some, have some nice recommendations on there. Excellent. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, I think LinkedIn is the place to find me. William Hall, I think you'll find me as engagement engineer there. That's Very cool. Professed title. Fun. Those are the best. I appreciate your time. I, it's because one of those things that I just kind of get wrapped up in what you're saying and just want to let this flow. So it's love it. all good. So we'll have you back on another time. Thank you so much, William. And My pleasure, uh, Always a joy to talk. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and stay engaged. Oh, oh, oh.